Another Juice Podcast. Cody Mitchell, Connor Holiday here. Pretty packed show here today. Um, we're going to start off with some that I really wish I didn't have to talk about, but then the majority of this is going to be NBA draft coverage. And then at the end... It just sucks the timing after we do the guy talk for college basketball. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very tough timing. And then at the end, me and Connor are going to kind of revisit some of our... This doesn't have to be just strictly NBA, but just draft guys that we hit on and some that we were just completely wrong about. Yeah. Some of them are... I have one that's really, really bad. Like, really, really, really bad. But unfortunately, it pains me to say this, but I have to talk about it. Um, Bob Huggins is out at the West, as West Virginia's head basketball coach. He resigned on Saturday after... Or Saturday or Sunday, after he allegedly blew a .21 and was arrested for a DUI. Um, yeah, it, pay, it, pay, it really does pay me to say this. Like, I love Bob Huggins, and college basketball was a better game when Bob you, Huggins was coaching. You claim to be a Duke fan, but when it comes to West Virginia basketball, you do... West Virginia is sports in general. Yeah, you do care about them a lot, and but more specifically with basketball, I know time in, time out, us filling out brackets like Cody did one where West Virginia is in the national championship somehow. Yeah, that press is always going to get you there. And by no means do I condone his actions and condone anybody drinking and driving or anything. That's like People obviously have lost loved ones to somebody that's been drinking and driving and it sucks but losing out losing Bob Huggins is tough like when you think of West Virginia that's obviously the first person you think of and he was awesome for the game he was a little bit of a character because I mean most of these college basketball coaches are it's getting a little bit away from it but a lot of them are you know suit and tie super prestige super Super well respected, and then here comes Bob Huggins, who is wearing his like fleece zip up, like quarter he's wearing zip tracksuit, basically. Yeah, and he's just off the wall. He had a fun playing style with the like the zone press defense, and then it was like all gas, no breaks the entire time. And I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to claim that he has a problem. I know he's been fired. He basically kind of what got him fired at Cincinnati as well. And this is number two, and. I don't want to say it's a problem. Maybe just some things are coming up, but I wish him all the best, and I hope they can get that stuff situated. It's just very unfortunate that he had two really bad fuck-ups. Within a month. Yeah. Like, there was no... Like, as soon as I saw this, I'm like, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. I Like, I said the same thing that with what happened on the radio show, like, I thought, like, we talked about it. He could survive that. He issued his apology, did everything that he did. But then this, like, you can't be in the news twice like this. Like, no. it's just, like, no matter who the coach is, it's not going to be good. It does suck because he is, I don't know if he is in it, but he, if not, he should be or borderline Hall of Fame. He's not. But... This is probably something that would might end up. That, yeah, him this out. might end up killing it for him. But outside, as and as the coach on the court, he was a great coach. 
it sucks to see him go like this. Because obviously, like, we've seen the, like, last parade for some of these coaches. And you kind of would want it for Bob Huggins as much as he's meant to the school of West Virginia and everything that he's done for college basketball. But, I mean, to see him go out like this, it's just... It, it sucks. It sucks. There's no, it's, it's almost, it's weird. It's like losing a family member. Like you don't know what the, what to say to somebody. Like it sucks, dude. Like, yeah, I don't know what to really tell you. Like we have a friend that is a West Virginia fan and the first is for the radio show thing. He's like, I don't know if he could survive it. And like, I kind of told him like he can survive this. But then as soon as I saw him after the DUI, I'm like, he ain't surviving that. No, not back to back. Like it's just not going to happen. No, um, it would it would be it would be even hard if it was like a year later. Yeah, at this point, yeah, it would. But be. within a month, it was kind of the easy decision for the school. I'm glad they gave him. I'm assuming they gave him the option to resign on his own yeah. and not get, actually get fired. Yeah, that was big of them. But mm-hmm. it sucks. Like I said, you can, I can have both. I understand. I don't support his actions, but. The game that I love and everybody else that listens to this podcast loves. Like, we can, it can be both. We don't support the actions, but the game is also going to be worse. And I don't know him personally, but it seems like everybody likes him. So he has to be somewhat good of a guy. You know what I mean? But the bigger question is now, like, where does West Virginia go to he- from here? And there's been a lot of names kind of thrown out. Obviously, uh, Missoula, the Celtics coach, is the big one that everybody's kind of leaning towards. I don't foresee that happening. No, by I all know. Means. I know West Virginia fans have been saying his name a lot because he is a West Virginia guy. I understand that, but I'm sorry, he is at probably one of the best spots in the NBA. Like we were talking about it before. We, we hit record, year in, year out, the Celtics are at the top of the NBA. What did you say the set was? Seven of the last... Five of the last seven years. Yeah, they have made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. You have top ten, I, I think he's a lot closer to top five player in Jason Tatum. You have... Who's what, like 24? Exactly. Jalen Brown, who's probably top 20 player. Obviously, we don't know with the contract and everything like that. But it, it, it's hard to pass up a top five NBA job for maybe a top five job in the Big 12. That's as far as salary and everything like that. That's a big drop off. And I have to go like, has Missoula had any college experience? Not that I know of. I don't really know him that. I That was one I really didn't think of because I just assumed he wasn't going to leave. Yeah, because then he's going to have to start recruiting. But obviously, like, being in, being an NBA coach, like, that kind of does it for you. And being the West Virginia guy himself does exactly. help as well. Exactly. Um, So here's kind of who I think West Virginia will target. And I don't know. Some of these I don't think they actually will, but I think they should. Um. For me, like Ron Everett, who's a West Virginia assistant, he's been there for 10-plus years. Like That makes a lot of sense. You just give him the interim job, let him coach a year out, and then you can reevaluate. He does good, you hire him, like Rodney Terry. If he sucks, you get rid of him. Now you have a clean slate. At least you kept all the players. Um, Andy Kennedy, 
He's a UAB's head coach. He was a former assistant under Bob Huggins. Obviously, he's had success in the in Conference USA, UAB, but pushback, was that because of Jelly Walker? Was it him or was it just Jelly was really good? Mm-hmm. Um, Jerry Calhoun at Youngstown State, also a former assistant, just won the Horizon League last year. Um, could be – he was uh, – I think he was at West Virginia for like five, six years. Maybe that that would be a great hire, in my opinion. Um, people were talking, tossing out Ben McCollum. I don't know his connection to West Virginia. He is Northwestern State's head basketball coach. He's been like – I think he's won – I read he won Division Two Coach of the Year five times. So I'm assuming he has some connection to West Virginia or else like why are they even looking at him. Uh, this one is a little off the radar. Um, John Beeline. Former Michigan coach. He was West Virginia's coach from 03 to 07. Hmm. Now, does he still want to coach is the question. But if he does, and you have, it's a, a guy who's coached the program before, that like that would be the one. Like It's a home run. Yeah, I just worry about the age. Yeah, I just don't think he wants to be there very long. Yeah. Um, and then, to me, the... Um, well, first, Dan D'Antoni from Marshall, in-state. Yeah. Done a hell of a job at Marshall. But the number one, obvious to me, is Pat Kelsey from Charleston. Um, super successful at Winthrop, took that program from nothing, a team that couldn't make the tournament in a year, took them to the tournament three times, and then goes to Charleston in two years in. They're making um, – they, they go to the NCAA tournament, win 30 games. I know they lost in the first round, but they lost to the team that was runner-up in the NCAA tournament. Question is, will he leave Charleston, though? Because Charleston, believe it or not, in the Colonial, is still a really fucking good job. They, they, there's a lot of fan support, they have a lot of NIL, and they will pay. And Charleston's also a pretty cool city to live in. So I don't know. He has no connections to West Virginia at all. But that was that would be like the guy that I would call like immediately. Yeah, just like the difficult part about this is the timing because you're yeah. way I want to say way out because the off season for college basketball is pretty extended. But you're you're past all the hires and everything like that. And you could have missed out on somebody already, but I mean, with everything that happened, that had to happen. So here's what I'll say: the last thing before we get to the NBA draft, the smart hire is just to hire Ron Everett, who's been there for a while. Just hire the interim coach, guy already on the staff. You know, you'll keep the team together. That's the smartest thing, in my opinion. If you can't get Pat Kelsey, who would be a home run, you know, you're going to have a down year this year if you do. Just hire the the interim coach. That just makes the most sense for. A June firing in college basketball, and the season kicks off in four months. But to the NBA draft, Connor, very. This is a draft where I think it's a little. It's it's definitely a little weak. It's not very loaded with talent in the back end, and I think we can probably reflect front end loaded. Yeah, (laughs) front end loaded. When we start getting to the second round, it's not a lot. Not a lot of foreign prospects this year. And also, I think NIL kept a lot of guys from entering the draft, too, which I think could be a ripple effect, something we're going to see later on here. But you prepared some NBA draft questions and for me and you to answer, so I'd like you to rattle them off for me, please. All right. First question, who is the biggest boom or bust prospect in this draft? So basically a guy that has a super high ceiling, mm-hmm. but also has a very low floor. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know where I want to go with this one. 
Victor uh, Rebignan. I just think his floor is still like... No, I agree, but like the fact that he's projected as good as he is and say he's only like fourth best player on his team, like then like it, it kind of seems like a bust for what he's been touted. But still, I don't think I still think this is the best prospect. So I'm not gonna fully say I'll give my answer because I gave uh, or I showed you the questions, but you can't remember them because no, I don't. Um, so my pick is Keontae George. He's probably gonna be a lottery pick. We just saw so much good and so much bad at Baylor, and like Baylor didn't hit like their true potential I feel like and a lot of that was because Keontae was kind of hit or miss throughout the season so he's gonna be a lottery pick there people are gonna love his upside but man like if he's in the G League like very fast would it surprise me honestly not no we talked about this that he could definitely be Devin Booker or he could be James Young like yes. an elite scorer, but you have to play a little bit of defense and be able to make other people around you a little bit he's better. He's pretty undersized, isn't he? Um, six I four. He was, oh, six but he's four. he's very skinny. He's one hundred eighty five pounds. He just, I don't know if it was just like watching the games, but at Baylor, he just seemed like he was kind of shorter than what he was than what he seemed. Um, know. for me, another guy that's probably gonna be picked in the lottery would be Derek Lively from Duke, where. We saw spurts of him where he was an elite shot blocker. He was a really good rim runner, catching oops, but he doesn't really have like that post-game kind of moves. Um, coming out of high school, he's the number one recruit in the nation. He was he was able to shoot threes. He I watched the Peach Jam when he was a senior in high school, and he made like five threes. Like he was in, and I think he shot like six. Like he can shoot the ball. At Duke, he never really got the chance to. He was basically asked to just protect the rim and catch lobs. And I think he has potential to be somebody that can stretch the floor a little bit, a guy who can basically do pick and rolls and then jump up and lob the ball, and he can slam it in there, and then a guy who can just protect the rim. But I also think he has the potential of being like a Willie Cauley-Stein where that's all he can do, and when you can get guys on cheaper contracts – and guys that are better rim protectors, you kind of go to the wayside because you know how easy it is to find a center who can protect the rim. It's there's a dime a dozen of them, so I think he has a really good chance of being one of the best seven players in this draft if he can expand his game a little bit. But then he could also be out of the league in four or five years. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Derek Lively would have been my other pick, but just because of what we saw from Keontae George. I mean, you nailed it. We didn't see much at Duke, but it was because he under like a big of the number one recruit in the nation to understand like this role is going to help my team, even though it might not make me as good of a prospect, which is a good sign for NBA scouts or could it have been that he's limited and that's why he was only really like a role player? Because in the Tennessee game, he didn't have any points, did he? I don't think so. And I mean, he, he, aver- nine rebounds. he ended up averaging five and five. So Exactly. So he is, got a late start. Is it the player or was it the unselfishness to understand your role in college? Mm-hmm. Um, who is your 
pound the table for prospect. By this, I mean this is the prospect that you are yelling from the mountaintops. You need to draft this guy. Who is it? A guy that's probably late lottery, probably 12 to 18 range, and I don't understand why. And that's Jordan Hawkins from UConn. Like we watched him throughout the uh-huh. NCAA tournament. He is, I, I Grady Dick's the best I hate shooter that you in the draft. Took, you took my pick, so I'm gonna. Try oh, it's yours too. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Keep going. Like Grady Dick's the best shooter in the draft. If you're just standing still, wide open in a gym, he's the best shooter in the draft. Jordan Hawkins can shoot. Is the best sh- NBA ready shooter. The ability to be. I think to- he might be the best three point shooter. It's between him and Dick. Yeah, but I think, but dude, just in that tournament, man, that was just when he fucking turned it on. But he, it's also like Dick was more of a spot up shooter when, when uh, Hawkins is running around screens, catching the ball, shooting off balance, fading to his right, and he still has the ability to knock, uh, knock threes down. I don't know if he'll ever be like a put the ball on the floor, kind of go to the rim kind of player. But really, he, neither was Steph when he came out of college. He was majority a three point shooter and had a little bit of dribble drive moves but not a lot I think if Hawkins can go to a situation where he's first just asked to kind of run around screens for a while and shoot and play some defense and then maybe develop a little bit more later on kind of like Mikael Bridges I think he might end up being one of the best five players in this draft I don't understand why he's not a top eight pick all right I I, I mean that was your pick I mean, so yeah, I know you're not gonna hate pick. it so pivot my pick Chris Murray from Iowa. That was uh, we think too much alike because that was my other guy that I was gonna choose, Chris Murray. Like this is gonna be a player that you're gonna get. I, like ESPN right now has him twenty four to the Kings to be with his brother. Oh, I love that. But he's not gonna be there twenty four. I don't think. But no, I think he should be a lot sooner because mm. like we finally saw this year without his brother there. He filled the role pretty well. Obviously, I don't know if he's going to be fully as good of his bro- as his brother. But they're fucking twins. The likelihood of it is pretty fucking good, in my opinion. Yeah, oh yeah. So, yeah, I think Murray should probably be a lottery pick. Yeah, he has the bot. Same size. He's the same size, same height, same weight, same skill set. Does everything. I think Keegan just does it a I think, little bit better. I think the problem is that like Keegan came out last year at 21... And now Chris is coming in at twenty four or twenty two. Like I know when it comes to the draft, they think about that a lot, but still I just don't understand why he's not higher on some people's boards. Oh, hundred percent. Um, I mean the, it, this kinda tails off of that, but who's your underrated prospect? Uh, here I'll give mine. Okay, because I kind of yeah, I I have been talk- I even said that to you when we were talking about him. Like, isn't this kind of the same? It kind of is, but I have somebody that's even more underrated because I tried to stick with the okay. first round on the pound the table prospect. Second round player, Tristan Vuchesevsky. Oh God, your boy. How you pronounce his name? Uh, <laughs> the um, Serbian pro- seven foot prospect, probably gonna go. Early second round. He's been popping up ever since the combine. Had a str- had one strong game, dropping 21 points in 17 minutes. Seven foot, can shoot from three. I mean, why not? I, I mean, throw. let's see what happens with him. 
With his scoring ability, who knows what he could be as a prospect. He's only but... 20, right? He just turned 20. Uh, I don't have his age. He was born in 2003. It's what I have it up as. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he's 20 years old. And me, I mean, that's something that's kind of taken over the NBA, too, is those like foreign-born players that are sneaky athletic and can shoot the hell out of the basketball. There's somebody that I think you should – well, I don't know. It probably would tail on to another one. We'll skip – We'll skip that question because you kind of answered it. No, I have another guy here. Okay, I love Kobe Bufkin from Michigan a lot more than a lot of people. He, they have him pretty early. I'm pretty sure on ESPN. Let's see. I'm pretty sure they had him as a. We'll get to my mock at some point here, but I love Kobe Bufkin. He reminds me exactly of CJ McCollum. Now, me and Kobe have a little bit of a beef. Yeah, they have him. ESPN has him up to 13 to the Raptors, even before Hawkins. We have a little beef. He was the one that cost me that Ohio State-Michigan bet when he picked the ball up when the game was over and went to give his his teammate a handshake and travel, blah, blah, blah. You guys heard it before. But he reminds me of C.J. McCollum a lot. He's a spot-up shooter. He's a guy that's – he's not going to wow you athletically, but still has the the enact ability to get around people. He's a good mid-range shooter. Just got to kind of work on the defense a little bit. But if you compare him to – like, we'll see – I'm – not as big on Jordan Poole as a lot of people are. Like, I don't really know how good he is. But if you compare those two very similar game types, like, Kobe's a way better prospect than he is, and I would love to have him on my team. I, I suck at this because my next question is late-round star. Okay, that, that's not as bad because most of the guys we talked about are in the lottery. I'll get mine. Okay. Just so you can't take him. Bryce Sensible. Okay, that's not what I was going to go with, but I continue. think with that fucking scoring ability that he has, he's probably going to go second round, maybe even sneak into the first round. I I mean, before he stepped fully at Ohio State in some, what I forget what kind of game it was, some kind of summit game, they uh, he ended up dropping 60. Like, I know that might have been against a bunch of high school prospects and shit like that. Still, he has... Great scoring ability, and he's just super young. I think, and he's built like a goddamn linebacker. He is. He, he doesn't is. quite have Bruce Thornton uh, quads, but he is—he's the thick boy down there, and he's like his body is so NBA ready. Yeah, I mean, and he'll be entering the NBA with—I hate how they do it—but his age is nineteen point six. In the second round with that scoring ability, like, I think he could, like, if he hits, he's a star. If we have odds early, um, like, obviously we don't really have a ton here. I do think he'll end up going in the first round. So if you can find something and you like the odds, I don't think he gets to the second round. But um, for me, I got two two guys where I just want to kind of mention that I think are going to be really good role players is Trey Jackson Davis and uh, Yami Yaquez at UCLA. Both of them are going to be super good no matter what situation they go to. They're just winning basketball players. But a late-round guy, this is probably – he's definitely going to be in the second round, I think. Seth Lundy from Penn State. I watched a ton of Penn State this year. Booty and there was – That's Jalen Pickett. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, damn it. We're Lundy. talking about the counterpart. Yeah, Lundy. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I think he has the potential to be a better pro than Pickett because of the games that he would just literally go unconscious. There, He had two games this year where he was – Shot over 70% from three, and he's an, he's a very, very, very tough kid. He defends very well. He can defend the bigger twos. He can even put him on a three if you have to, and he's going to be able to shoot the ball no matter where he is. And he shoots a lot of 
he's not a bad shot taker, but he took some shots where it's like, dude, no, and then it just goes in. So I think whatever team gets him, like you already have like a three and D guy. Like it's he's Jay Crowder. And if you can get Jay Crowder in the second round, like you are super thrilled about that. Yeah, just throwing out another late round potential star, Keontae Johnson. Um, all right. Next, give me your match made in heaven. By this I mean who is the best match for a certain team? That when you see this it, Okay. You talked about a team and a pick. I got the same team, but different pick. I changed my mind on that. Okay. That's Yamiakas from UCLA to the Warriors. Ooh. Like a guy that just does every single thing on a basketball court. He can score. He can shoot. He can defend. He can rebound. And question marks still with Draymond Green and whether he's going to return next year. I ultimately think he does, but this could be just kind of a guy you groom in the waiting. And if you get... Yami Yakez, like you're just you just know that guy plays winning basketball. And having a guy who's six foot seven, he can play the five in mm-hmm. the NBA. He is thick, he is tough. It I love him. The same would go um would be Andre Jackson too. Uh the Warriors as well. The only question is he's gotta develop the three point shot a little bit, but put him in the Warriors system, everybody ends up shooting well. Does everything right too. Pass, shoots, rebounds, defense. Like those are the guys they need. Though one of those guys could put them over the top too. All right, I'm gonna make this easy. Victor Webb and Yana to this first. Yeah, it's a pretty good fit. <laughs> okay, no, I have I have another one, but like I just kind of want to talk about this. This couldn't have been a more perfect landing spot for Victor. Like as the success that they've had, not just with like big men like David Robinson and Tim Duncan, but the fact that they've had success with international players like Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, and the list goes on and on. They, I don't know if they are like always a favorite landing spot for foreign players, but it kind of seems that way. Plus, you're with, like, I know the team fell off, but I still feel like Greg Popovich is a top five coach in the NBA, still. 1,000%. So I think that is a match made in heaven. The other one I talked about earlier with you, earlier with you, um, Amani Bates to the Phoenix Suns. Just more scoring. <laughs> I mean, because of the trade with Beal going to the Suns, and you're losing, you lost a shitload of your bench when you trade for KD. Whatever you had left of your bench, you traded to get Bradley Beal. You're going to have, like, the Suns are going to have to hit on their picks. The the crazy upside of Imani Bates in the second round to a place like Phoenix that will need him to contribute off the bench, damn near immediately, I just think it could work, but also it could be an absolute disaster. Yeah, so, so pick 52, Imani Bates. I think he might end up going higher than that. Um only question mark I have about that would be is Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, or Bradley Beal. None of them really strike me as like an alpha. Like one of them's gonna have to put this kid in place when he's calling them, like, no guys, I got this. And I I'll, I I'll just isolate. I think it'd have to be KD. Yeah, like one of them's gonna have to basically do that. But I don't exactly hate it. Just just go all offense, no defense at all. Yeah. Uh last one. Prospect that is going to wish he went back to school. 
So you're saying a guy who probably would have... Just probably not- was hearing certain things about where he was going to go and probably will end up undrafted. I mean, the uh, the easy ones here are probably Drew Timmy and Oscar Sheetway. Um, I don't know if either one's going to get drafted. But the thing with... That's kind of a cop-out answer because I think both of those guys were just done mm-hmm. with playing college basketball. They did all they could, and they were done. Um, for me, it would probably be Kobe Brown. Um, Missouri forward here. Like, I don't know if it's me being the Missouri guy that I am and I, how I love them and want to see him back there, but he's kind of in between positions between a power forward and a small forward. Like he's, he's only six, eight, but he's 250 pounds. He's a little heavier to play the three. And as a four, I don't know if he's athletic enough to guard fours and fives in the NBA. And I probably going to see him going undrafted in my opinion. Yeah. Mine's probably going to be uh Sunogo. I mean, Oh, that's a really good one. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's just tough because I mean, you could have gone back to UConn and, Ran it back, damn near. There were some things I got deep no, in the web you, that they were kind of yeah, wanting him it, to go. But like, if he would have like even like gotten out of the draft and ended up hitting the portal, he would have been coveted in the portal. Oh yeah. So I mean, right up there with Hunter Dickinson in the portal. To be honest with you, yeah, it's just, it's just gonna. It, it, I think it's gonna be tough sledding for him, especially probably because he heard different things than where he's probably actually going to end up going. But yeah, I so. just don't really know how that game translates to the NBA. Like, yeah, at it's all. tough. It's tough. Granted though, what game was it? Was it in Miami where he just knocked down two, str- two threes to start the game? Oh yeah. It was yeah. like right off the rip. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this is done. Yeah. Um, so that concludes my questions, sir. It is time for your mock draft. All right. With the first overall pick, I think this one's pretty easy. It's Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. Like, unicorn prospect, greatest prospect we've ever seen in any team sport, and I don't really know what's close. Dude's 7-5 and plays like Kevin Durant. Probably can improve the three-pointer a little bit. Um, obviously, what's the one concern? It's Health. It's health. The dude stays healthy. He's, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like, who knows how many rings this dude's going to win. He's so freaking talented and so young and it seems like he also has the right mindset as well to potentially be like an all-nba guy um also i saw a bet on DraftKings, and i would take this spurs to have 40 plus wins next year is plus 700 and mm-hmm. i would bet that yep not just because well, you he I, is there you and i already talked about one pick or one bet that we have been thinking about what uh, victor victor mvp Yes. Yeah, I mean, the odds were too crazy. It's probably not going to happen because the team's probably not going to be good but enough. But $1 could win you like 200 Here's the thing, though, too, though. Spurs have, like, so much cap space, too. Exactly. I think they're going to get Austin Reeves. That's going to be my prediction. Austin Reeves will go there and put him at the two. Trey Young's at the one. Kelton Johnson at the three. And then, I mean, Victor could play three through five, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> he could play one through five. He honestly can. He's seven foot five and he's a terrific passer. Terrific passer, great ball handler. And it's not the passing that we see from Jokic where it's standstill too, where he's catching it in the post or catching it up top and then dissecting the defense of the ball. Victor is just 
run up and down the court catch and pass kind of guy too so helps when you can see over literally everyone yeah that too um so i did i did do for my mock um who i think's gonna go there and who should have went there so obviously one one um number two is brandon miller out of alabama i would have picked for my board i would have picked scoot here anyway but i understand being able to get a guy who's six foot nine six foot ten who could put the ball on the floor and shoot it like that's, those guys are hard to find, and he kind of reminds me a little bit of Jason Tatum a little bit too. So I don't blame them. I was kind of surprised they went that route because they're literally going to have Miles Bridges on the team, who's also in a lot of trouble. Well, it, we haven't. This hasn't happened, but it's kind of funny you said you were surprised that they took him in your own mock draft. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just the the Vegas odds are no, no, basically no, and yeah, that but is, I mean, last year shit changed like six hours before the draft. I mean, let's see. I literally just had it pulled up. Um, give me a second, folks. Do 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 do. do. I mean, right now, Scoot's minus five hundred to be the third pick. Yeah, it seems like it's take pretty a good flyer odds. on Brandon Miller at plus three hundred to be the third pick. Might as well. Um, three Scoot Henderson to the Blazers makes it awesome sense there. Just, I think he's somebody that can play alongside Damian Lillard, even if Damian Lillard's not there, or if he's there. If he's not there, then you just have your new point guard yeah. for the next ten years, obviously. And then, from a lot of things I've read, the biggest thing. Just forget all the athleticism, just the basketball instinct, the toughness is apparently he is just an incredibly hard worker and all he it's like Kobe mindset esque of how good he wants to be a basketball and how much he dedicates his life to that. Four, shocker here, Rockets. Cam Whitmore goes to the Rockets. <laughs> and I actually this makes too much sense for the Rockets, where more if you read a lot of things, James Harden is probably going to be, end up back on Houston this year. Jabari Smith is going to be the three or, or be the four. Jalen Green's the two. Cam Whitmore, guy who's six foot eight, thick as hell. Kennedy has like a, what was it? I'm trying to think here. It was like a 48 inch vertical, which like was off the charts. I'm not going to freak out about one bad workout for the Rockets. I think ultimately he's the best player on the Apparently board. Apparently everybody is. It's the best player on the board there. Cam Whitmore is one of the best four players in this draft. I would take him right there. Five, Amon Thompson. Don't know a ton about him. He was an over overtime, is it overtime elite, right? Early. I think it's overtime elite or something like that. I don't really give a shit about those leagues, to be honest with you. Can't bet on the game. So apparently, freak athlete. Both of them are. They just struggle a little bit to shoot. Um, six going Jaris or six to the Magic. I'm going Anthony Black, which from Arkansas. Which makes so much sense. They need a point guard. Cole Anthony is gone. I can't imagine they're going to keep him around. Um, Jalen Suggs can play the two. You already have Franz and Paulo. Just makes a ton of sense. A guy with a ton of upside. Six foot seven and can put the ball on the floor and defend like crazy. Seven to the Pacers. I have a Sir Thompson. Same thing as his brother, Amon. He, apparently it's a little bit of a drop off to him, but same thing. Freak athlete. Uh, just needs to kind of develop the jump shot. This one was another one that I almost did for match made in heaven, but Kobe Buffkin, Kobe Buffkin to the Wizards at eight. He just lost Bradley Beal. Here's a guy to fill your shooting guard spot. Let him score a ton of points. Chris Paul, 
I, I, if they draft him, I hope Chris Paul stays there just to kind of groom him a little bit. Fuck that. I want Chris Paul back on OKC. Why? Because. Why? That is the, no, why? Like, Shea's, Shea's there. Shea needs the ball. You know, I get that. Chris Paul's a losing basketball player. Don't, don't. He led us to the playoffs when we shouldn't have made shit. Yeah, I don't. No, not there. Shea's too, Shea's too good. Okay, he's going to the Lakers then. And sorry here. And this, this is like my mock draft. I did a little bit of like, I did do who I think is going to go here and who I should go there. There's some bias here. But I have Dries Walker going ninth to the Jazz. I, if I'm drafting in the top ten, I want a guy with tremendous upside. And I don't see, like, I think best case scenario is Paul Millsap. And ninth, drafting a guy in the top five to be Paul Millsap, that's a waste of a pick there. Um, to the Mavericks. Bleal Cool Bali, teammate of Victor Weminyana. Long dude that they don't really know his position, but he's, I think he's, it's like a seven foot, seven foot two wingspan, and he's like six foot six. Uh, I mean, a guy that can play alongside Luka Doncic very well. Um, at the Magic, love this. I wanted to put Jordan Hawkins here, but I think they'll go Grady Dick. They need sh- more shooting, and Grady Dick's the best shooter. Spot-up shooter in the strap. They have enough ball handlers. To the Thunder, Connor, a guy that might end up going in the top six, and that's Taylor Hendricks, a guy who's from UCF, a guy six foot eight, shoots the ball really well, puts the ball on the floor very well, and a high-level defender. You would, If he falls to there, which I think he might, that's awesome. That's a home run there. Um, ninth to the Raptors, your boy Keontae George. I think they're going to lose Fred Van Lee to free agency. They need another guard that can score and – Keontae George, take it for what it is, might be one of the best four scores in this draft period. And then ninth, Jalen hood Shafino to the Pelicans. Just they need a they need a better point guard play, and I think he's one of the best point guards in the draft. And has tremendous upside. Um Do you think that we at any point in this draft see another superstar move in a trade? Oh, because you brought up the Pelicans, and I know you said there's rumors about Zion being on the move. Yeah, there's rumors that Zion could get traded for the second pick. If I'm the Pelicans, I'm holding on to that guy. I don't. I get you're frustrated, but man, when he I, plays, like there's times where he looks like a top three player in the league, and he's 21 years old. I can't wait to get mad again about watching the draft and knowing that there are trades and it will and the player will be up. in the wrong hat. Yeah, I hate that shit too. I and I don't know what's gonna like when trades. That's the problem with trades and like in the NBA and the NFL draft, they just completely throw a rail into your mock. Oh yeah, ready. yeah, yeah. I know that all too well. All right, Connor, we're gonna go shot for shot here. Football and basketball. I want to start off with. Guys, you were right on. Okay. In any of those drafts that you called this shot. Now you can't obviously be like I. I knew LeBron James was gonna be a star. Like that. That should not work. Just something similar to that. Patrick Mahomes. No, not really. I did love I mean, that, Mahomes coming. I think out that of works. Draft, but I'll, but no, I'll take a quarterback that I called my shot on. Honestly, I was quick. To it because of what occurred in the offseason and as a rookie was thrusted in there it was Dak Prescott I love Dak at uh, Mississippi State when he got drafted to the Cowboys and I'm like 
Romo's coming near the end. Like, he could be a great guy to eventually take over for Tony Romo. Obviously, that offseason after the draft, Tony Romo gets hurt in, I think, the Hall of Fame game and is out for a good portion of the season. Dak is thrust into the starting role, excels, and then and they never look back. Tony Romo basically retires then, and the Dak Prescott era starts. I I mean that will that will be one that I will always remember that like when Dak when Dak went to the Cowboys, I'm like, this is perfect. I hate him. I know. I know. So that's that's all I gotta say about that. I know. I hate him. Um a guy that I was super high on in the NBA was Kawhi Leonard, two time NBA champion now. Watch him a shit ton at San Diego State. Granted, now I thought this was just gonna be a terrific Guy who's going to give me eight points. He's going to be the best defender on the court no matter where he went. And I was surprised he dropped as far as he did. But I was like, I don't understand how this guy's not a top ten guy. Like, if you get him at nine to ten and you're just getting the best defender in the NBA, like, you're super happy that I think he was going to be the finals MVP twice. Not really. But I'm going to take credit for it. All right. Player that I absolutely loved in college was during his time in college, was one of the most electrifying defensive players. Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger. Do that. I kind of was on the same page because I was just – I can't remember how many times Washington passed on him, but me and my brother, I remember, were sitting in our room just screaming at the TV like, Matthew, 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 and then obviously never No, I I mean because of – the character concerns that there was. There were so many times in the second and third round people would mock Tyron Matthew to the Bengals because obviously we were the franchise that would take all the problems. You were the original Raiders. Yes. But, I mean, I understand everything that happened it like off the field for him. But ever since he's came into the NFL... He has been one of the best safeties, one of the best defenders, one of the most versatile defenders. Like, it sucks that he kind of got lost with the Saints this last season. But, dude, watching him with the Chiefs and and them fully using him as the Swiss Army knife that he is, it was like it was when he was at his best. So, I'm very happy that I'm, I'm. forever wanted him on the Bengals even with all the rumors of when he's left teams the Bengals have always popped up unfortunately I never got my wish but still to watch him be as good as he was in college and to like be like I'm not giving up on this kid and to see why he's in the NFL just love it warms your heart a little bit doesn't it kind of um for me this one he was technically drafted third I think I can't remember who if was Trey Young or Luca drafted first, but they got traded for each other. Either way, it was a top five pick in the NBA. This was a kid that I was talking about to for about since he was 16 years old. I remember distinctly talking to my buddy Trev, like, "Look, there's this kid in two years who's he's a chubby white kid from Slovenia, and he's going to be one of the best. He's probably gonna be one of the best point guards in like three years. Like, the kid's insane, best international prospect we've seen in forever." 
he's like, yeah, that's what they say about every international prospect. Like, he's this and this. I'm like, no, this kid's different. He's been playing professional basketball since he's 14 years old. Like, the dude is insane. And I'll never forget, he texted me, like, 20 games into the NBA season. He's like, dude, you nailed this. Like, this kid's insane. And obviously the rest is history. Like, 21 or so years old, like a 30-point game score. That was one that maybe isn't that crazy because he was a top five guy, so obviously people liked him. But Atlanta did, I believe, choose Trey Young over him, and like what a disaster that was. So here's your last one. Trey Young stinks. He's a very, very average player who doesn't produce winning. Sorry, I'm trying to – I can't remember exactly when – oh, so he was fifth round. Okay. Well, you'll see kind of a trend when it comes to the players I missed on. I love wide receivers. And as a freshman, this kid, well, I shouldn't call him a kid, but when he was a freshman in college, really caught my eye. It was Stephon Diggs. Good boy. Dude, he was like, I know... uh, his his freshman year was by far his best season there. It was more his ability in the return game. That freshman year, he had uh, 25 returns for 713 yards and two touchdowns. He was just so phenomenal. And I'm like, he's going to be good. I don't understand why he lasted until the fifth round like he did. The Vikings obviously got a huge steal in that draft. He's continued to be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And the knock on him coming in was, is he just a returner? Because he never had a thousand-yard season at Maryland. So there were were a lot of questions, but I'm like, he's got so much talent. As an added bonus, I will throw, I didn't have any Ohio State people. The one person that, watching the draft, I'm like, what? I know this is going to be kind of controversial, but when I was watching the draft, he should have gone in the first round. Kept falling, kept falling, kept falling. It was Michael Thomas. Mm -hmm. But obviously, like now, he's kind of gotten dinged up. But, I mean, before the injury, he was top five wide receiver. Yeah, if not, like, the guy. Yeah, too. and, like, he was, like, if there were, at, was there ever an Ohio State prospect that, like, during the draft, I'm like, what are you fucking doing? We The Bengals ended up taking Tyler Boyd instead of him, which I'm not complaining about, because also that first round of that draft was the Coleman, Corey Coleman, Jahan Dotson. Hey! <laughs> Doc, he was, that's Dotson. I forget who, like, all the Quan first... Quan Treadwell. Yes. Was the other all one. those first-round wide receivers absolutely sucked. And then you had Sterling Shepard, Michael Thomas, and Tyler Boyd all drafted after those guys. And obviously, we see how far those guys have made it in their careers. The other guys, who knows if they're still in the league. But, yeah, Michael Thomas was somebody for Ohio State I was pounding the table for. Okay, so lastly for me, this is one you actually know because I was like trying to convince you to bet him to go second overall, and that was Tyrese Halliburton, who mm-hmm. ended up slipping to the teens. Yep. And I was like, dude, this guy's six foot six and could be the best passer in this draft. Like, why are we drafting people over top of him? And looking back after he 
his first season with Indiana was 20 and 10, led the league in assists. He, if you look back on that draft, the big three that came out are Anthony Edwards, Halliburton, and Lamelo. I think definitely Anthony Edwards is the top prospect and or be the top guy now. Halliburton would be two, and then Lamelo would be three. So like kind of where I wanted him to go, and I thought he should have went. He didn't ultimately, but it was a guy who was just pounding the drum on. I think we, I bet him like it was like plus fifteen hundred because there was a little bit of rumblings that they liked him. Ultimately went with Lamelo, which isn't a terrible choice, but I mean I'd mm. much rather have I would much rather have Tyrese Halliburton. All right, Obviously, Connor. I think they prefer to have Halliburton. Oh, right I think now. they would too, and Hornet yeah. fans won't admit it, and neither will NBA Twitter because nope. NBA Twitter doesn't really know ball, but. Yeah, Halbert's the guy. Who are some guys that you just you weren't right about? Whether they turned out to be really good and you thought they would stink, or guys that you were like, this guy's going to MVP and he was I went, terrible. I went the opposite way of I thought that he was going to be great and didn't turn out to be anything or dud. Um, I'll do my two wide receivers. Uh, well, I'll do the first one. Doriel Green Beckham. Wide receiver that had one great season at Mizzou. Like, I think he got dismissed from school for something. Ended up at Oklahoma. Didn't Had to sit out the whole season and then just went to the draft. Pretty sure he was like 6'4", 6'5", blazing speed. Ended up going second round to the Titans. And he was somebody that I was on early. I'm like, ignore the character concerns. He's just a great wide receiver, and nope. No, he was like a top. Wasn't he one of the like the top ten most rated out of high school wide receivers too? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was something like that. Um, so funny, my most of mine are basketball, but one that's good. We stick to our sports. Okay, the one that's the most obvious that I've talked about here before is Joel Embiid. I I was like this. How are people considering? Him going over Andrew Wiggins or Jabari Parker. Like, there's not a chance. This guy's a bust. He has injury written all over him. He can't even stay healthy. He's not even going to be playing his first two ga- games, in, or first two seasons. Or I wouldn't, didn't know the second one, but obviously wouldn't have played in the first. And at Kansas, like, there was nothing that he did was overwhelming to me. Um, he reminded me of Sheet the Beat. Like, that was what his destiny was. And the 2023 MVP, Joel Embiid. Way off on that one. No, uh, I mean, safe to say you were... No, I, I literally was like, this guy's going to be out of the league in three years. My brother never fails to mention that when we start talking about the draft. He's like, remember your Joel Embiid take? Like, yeah, I, I do. 100% do. All right. So this was somebody that co- throughout college, I'm like, this guy's going to just light up the NFL. The first time that I saw him take a ball in the Rose Bowl for the the distance, I was like, oh my God, I cannot wait for this guy to get to the NFL. Drafted in the fourth round, so you can't really say it's that big of a miss, but DeAnthony Thomas, the Oregon web. I don't even know what to say. What Running back, wide receiver. He was returner, a weapon. Weapon. Was one of the greatest weapons in all of college football. And I was like, this guy's just going to light it up. Ended up getting drafted by the Chiefs. And just, like, as a returner, yes, he was great for them. But as far as what I thought he could do, like, I thought he was going to be Tyreek Hill before Tyreek Hill. 
Like, just get the, get the kid the ball in space and let him cook. Like, it was kind of like Percy Harvin, but, like, we thought he was going to be a different level than Percy Harvin. Yeah, I like, mean... Percy's not si- a terrible si- career, you know? Yeah, size did... Was a bit of a concern. That's why he went in the fourth. But, man, I just thought he was going to be all-world athlete. I will never, ever, ever sell my Marvin Bagley stock. <laughs> yes, you will not. But... I think it's fair to say that he did not turn out to be the second overall pick when, especially when Luca was right behind him. I mean, coming out of Duke, dude. I mean, six foot ten, just strong, had a sweet, sweet lefty stroke. Just really struggled to stay healthy in Sacramento and didn't really have his chance there. And then he went to Detroit. I think he's still there now. And there's a lot of other younger guys that are playing in front of him. Like he does not really have his. Oh, no, he wait, started no, with the Kings. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm and sorry. then he just, I don't know if he's ever really going to get his shot again. He is very similar to Jabari Parker. You play him, he's going to, he can give you 15 and 20 minutes. He's going to give you 15, but he's going to let up 30. And yeah. he's going to, he's not finding his way onto the basketball court. And I just, I think it, give me a couple more years and maybe I'll sell that stock. All right. I'm going to do my basketball pick before my biggest one. Uh, Thomas Robinson. The Kansas oh, forward. So good. Dude, like, I, I don't know if it was just in that Ohio State-Kansas game in the Final Four that I was like, this guy is going to be electric. I, for the longest time, held stock in him, and he just it just kind of, like, fizzled. Him and Derek Williams were, like, the same build, same kind of style, and it just didn't turn out there. Um, I told you this one already, but and it, I don't I don't essentially blame myself as much, but would be Jewel Okafer. I mean, his rookie year, he averaged 18 a game. Mm-hmm. It's not essentially his fault. Like, Steph Curry killed Joel Oakford. Yeah. He really did. Because that was, like, the last year of, like, you could still back-to-the-basket kind of score. And then the second Steph hit in 20, they won the first one in 15 when he was drafted. And after that, basketball just was revolutionized, and he can never stay on the court. Now, I will go to my grave and say, if Joel Oakford was drafted in 95, he would have two MVPs at least. He would have been amazing I'll in throw, the 90s. I'll throw an, uh, another one out there just because I thought he should have. this player should have been drafted, and I'm not trying to pile on Duke. Okay. But Jabari Park. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he should have been number one overall. So did I. I thought he should have been picked before Andrew Wiggins. Fuck. <laughs> Um, one more, and, and then when he went to the Bulls, I was like, "Oh, it's back, it's back on! It's Jabari time!" I think what did kill him a little bit was Giannis. Yes, where Giannis came on and he kind of lost his confidence that the organization is like throwing all their chips at him, and he's like, "Hey, I was the number two overall pick, and this guy's really good," and I think kind of killed him. Either way, kid couldn't play a lick of fucking defense. I could score on him. One last basketball guy that I, I've sold this one as of last year. But I really thought Jared Culver at Texas Tech was going to be really good. Like, he led Texas Tech all the way to the national title, went to overtime against Virginia. Dude was a bucket and could defend his ass off. Don't know what happened. Suddenly, he just couldn't play defense anymore Mm -hmm. and couldn't score. And then I'm pretty sure he's out of the league now. All right. Time for my biggest miss. And kind of, in a way was kind of a good thing because I thought this kid could, as a running back, 
could potentially be like MVP level. Please tell me to. I'm thinking. Trent. Ah! That's awesome. I didn't know that about you, dude. I loved Trent, which is a lot for you from a Bama guy, like a Bama kid getting like you loving a Bama kid. Yeah, dude. Dude, it was hard not to when he was at Alabama. He was so fucking good. He was so deserving. He won the Heisman, right? No. No, Ingram. Yep. Wait. I don't yes. Know. I can't remember. But, like, I can. Whenever I think of Trent Richardson, I will go back to that old miss play where he was. Had the he's he's his back's to the sideline and he's got facing two defenders. He really got nowhere to go and just does this stupid juke, breaks both their ankles and fucking scores on a play he shouldn't have. I don't know what the fuck happened when he got to the NFL, but he couldn't find a hole. I, I like I he couldn't find a hole to save his life. I was trying to go like find some anal- analogy. But dude, you how many times I saw the pictures of here's the open hole oh, Trent's <laughs> over here. Dude, yeah. I thought and I was when he got drafted to the fucking Browns, I'm like, God damn it, dude. He's gonna destroy us year in, year out. Nope. The like fit the style of what a Browns running back should be. Rugged, tough, hard nosed. He fit everything and Oh my god. And then when he got to the Raiders, I still wouldn't sell my fucking stock and it just got worse. You know what's wild about that? Oh, is- and then when he was and no, going from the fucking Were you supporting him in the CFL? No, he went from the Browns to the Colts. Mm. And I'm like, oh my god, him with Andrew Luck, holy shit, that's gonna be fin- fantastic. Nope. We'll remember at the time that we were just like why are the Browns trading Trent Richardson? Like every like obviously we're from Ohio. Everybody's a most people around Columbus are Browns fans. Yeah. Sorry, break unfortunately. But the, everybody was like, why are we trading him? Why are we trading him? The Browns did something right for once and saw like saw the future. Like this guy isn't it. Mm-hmm. And got rid of him. Cause I'm pretty sure he almost rushed for a thousand yards his rookie season. Um crazy about him too is he would probably still be in like I would I'm would still draft him second overall. Mm-hmm. Like, from what he was in college. Or third. I can't remember. Second or third. Yeah. Like, he was so fucking good. Dude, he, that was my biggest miss. Um, I'll give one more. He's still in the league. But come on, dude. How much did I love Zach Wilson? Okay. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. I mean, Jets are definitely regretting that. Because think about it. If they would have instead just drafted Justin Fields, that was literally right there. They with the defense that they have. I think they're like, fairly happy right now. No, with Aaron no, no. Rogers. But also think about like, the future. The, the like Zach will like if Zach Wilson would panned out, you have him on his rookie contract for two more years, so you could just load up on whatever you needed. Flip that, put Justin Fields in there on a rookie contract. You could just throw money at whatever you fucking need. And you'd probably be even just as much of a contender as you are now. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, and, that's completely ludicrous. Like, Justin Fields is... Hey, I'm convinced if... He's the, still not, like, a top 20 quarterback. But still, what... I mean, what, uh, what did they need? They didn't need a... They just needed that. 
Zach Wilson was. I can't. Shit. I can't see Justin Fields in a Jets here, uniform. Here, I'll Doesn't say work. this: if the 49ers had drafted Justin Fields, he'd rush and, for two thousand yards. <laughs> well, no, I think that they would have made instead of the Rams making it to that Super Bowl. He would have Could led possibly. them to the Super Bowl. Or even this last year, you saw it when in the Eagles game in the NFC Championship. Purdy goes down. I mean, I'm not saying, like, it, it, you would have had Justin Fields that whole season. You probably are a little bit better. Yeah, 100%. But, um, one more I want to give myself a little bit credit to. Could it be coming back to life? I think it was 2019 draft. My top quarterback in the big board was Daniel Jones. That might actually be right. I don't know. Like, RIP Dwayne, he's obviously not there. And then Kyler. Like, Daniel <laughs> Jones has a shot to actually be, granted, like, what, top, like, 18th best quarterback? I, 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 give, I give more. I credit. never cred- said he was going to be freaking Peyton Manning, but. I'm surprised you know who yours is for what? football. Your boy, Mitch. Oh, my God, I still, I'm not giving, nope, I still have the stock and I'm not selling it. I'm gonna, you know what? I'll sell it and buy more of it because it couldn't be any fucking lower right now. I still hold that faith. <laughs> I did. I forgot about Mitch Trubisky. That should have been my. That one should have been right behind, um, uh, Joel Embiid. One more before we go though. When you had Patrick Mahomes, I did. Hunter will not let this go. Hunter's my brother. Is I read one article. I didn't. I didn't really watch him at all. Text text. So I didn't know. I've never seen him play before. We have one article. That said, he looked like shit in practice. And Hunter said something about him. I'm like, nah, kid stinks. He's going to get bust. And then he's just got two Super Bowls, <laughs> two MVPs. I don't want to take full credit for it, but I did love it. Like, every year I try to pick a quarterback that I like the most. The quarterback that I love the most, the one year, Josh Allen. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. And I, you look back. Oh, yeah, clear cut. Baker, can't, uh, Baker, Sam, all those guys. Chosen Rosen. Oh God, Josh Rosen. Who was the who was the guy that got drafted thirty second? Was that Lamar? Was Lamar on there? Yeah, yeah, he was. Okay, yeah, yeah. Josh Allen's the guy there. All right, Connor. Next week is our college football road trip. Right, a little bit of draft recap, and then yeah. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll do. We yeah, we could get into the. Is it next week? Did I, did I screw that up? I don't know. Well, You're supposed to be the my accountant. Where's my accountant? Not my accountant. My uh, personal assistant. I'm supposed to plan everything out here. Where the fuck's my calendar? This is great. But when we do get to the road trip, it's basically like dream scenario, week by week, where would we like to go? Obviously, the first couple weeks, you have day, games that aren't just on Saturday. Yeah, week week uh, one and week 13, you have a lot of thir- – well, week one, you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday games. And then week 13, you have Thursday, Friday, and Saturday games. But at least for me, I tried to keep it that every Saturday I was at least seeing a different team. But there was only one team that I got that I ended up seeing twice. But we'll get into that. All right. We'll see you guys next week. We're out of here. Peace.